Hey everybody, this is Jeremy. Uh, what you were about to hear was recorded way back in September of 2019 during the XOXO Festival that happened in Portland. Our guest is Dante Douglas, who you can find online as uh, Video Dante. Uh, a relevant video for what we're talking about was a talk that Emma Kenema gave. If you look, uh, go on YouTube, look up, it's called Emma Kenema Game Workers Unite. Last name spelled K-I-N-E-M-A. This is an episode about, let's see, game development and labor. I'm gonna, it's the first of uh, multiple episodes. I'm going to try to record more uh, in the year ahead, hopefully. Uh, once again, uh, thanks for subscribing. If you like hearing this and want to help, <laughs> help, help me make this thing, please stop by patreon.com slash giving the mic for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, that would really go a long way to helping, um, helping cover... Uh, hosting costs and a lot of other things uh, other than that uh yeah uh, enjoy the episode and once again uh thanks to the mix the mysterious breakfast cereal for our theme song here we go here's my talk with dante douglas uh from september of, the, of 2019 kicker about problems with this thing is that like, unless you're looking directly oh, at yeah. it yeah it's got the bad like viewing angle yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird LC, uh, LCD crap mm-hmm. and um, yeah, fuck it and w- yeah. uh, welcome back uh, once again folks you are listening to giving the mic to the wrong person recorded on location here at the XOXO 29 fest here in the stately environs of the third floor of Washington High, a.k.a. Revolution Hall. And I may or may not cut that, uh, depending <laughs> on if we, how much we actually want to get into hyper-specifics, but, you know, that's never stopped me before. Fuck it. You know, uh, joined now by... Um, how do you, what, actually... Uh, <laughs> I can introduce myself. Yeah, this is a uh, special guest. Uh, would you please introduce yourself to the viewing audience? Absolutely. My name is Dante Douglas. If you know me online, you probably know me as Video Dante. I've been uh, working in the game space for about four years. I do writing. I do journalism. Um, I've been focusing, I would say, primarily on the labor beat uh, for uh, about two years now, uh, since GDC 2017, when uh, the when was the, uh, the the creation of Game Workers Unite, and I think the the kickstarting of a much larger conversation about labor in games. Uh, I also make video games, and I may be moving much more toward making video games in the future. But I uh, I definitely have a vested interest in labor, um, and I also work with the DSA. I've been uh, doing uh, sort of like community activism in that sense uh, for a while now. Uh, so yeah, that's me. Uh, video games, labor—that's uh, that's usually what I do. <laughs> and yeah, we wanted to because it's, it's been a topic, well, both an ongoing topic, um, both out in the media at, here at the festival, and also probably by the time you hear this, whenever that is, mm-hmm. hopefully there's probably going to be more news. But about the not just the um, unification, unionizing—I guess the, yeah. the, the the organizing of more and more like of the white collar tech sector, but specifically the uh, the organizing of uh 
just uh, game makers. Well, yeah, I, th- I think this is a big this is a big thing that has been in active discussion with. I know that I've I've uh, spoken with some organizers about this, and also just with folks interested in labor organization broadly in the game sphere. Uh, the games are somewhat unique uh, in this sense. I I hesitate to say that any labor field is unique because I feel like we all have commonalities and those are generally more important. But when in, we're, yeah, I would say increasingly uh, similar. <laughs> increasingly, absolutely yes. And I and I think that. Uh, there's there's a lot of discussions not only about what unionization would look like in the game space, but also how unionization would happen. Um, speaking totally anecdotally, this is something that I've had a lot of conversations with with friends who are saying, well, should we organize by um, by trade? That is to say, like all 3D artists have there's like a game 3D artist union or you organize company by company. There are advantages to both, obviously. We've seen both types of this happen in different trades. Um, And in fact, even in games, uh, I may need to fact check, you may need to fact check this, but there is a uh, company-specific union in the UK at a company called Dice. So these things aren't 100% unheard of, uh, but their mechanics are a little complicated and no one really knows exactly how we should do it. And that's not even to get into like non-union labor organization stuff. Right. Yeah. We are, we are, we are crashing the plane as we build it. Exactly. And I mean, I, I think it's, that's very exciting. Uh, I've, I, I was talking to someone earlier today actually about the process of unionization. And, uh, she was saying that like a lot of this is that we don't have a rule book for this, not in this industry. Uh, we have different rule books that we can kind of consult on, but none of them are specific enough to this trade really. Um, and so, uh, yeah, organizations like Game Workers Unite um, are, I would say, a bright and shining star in all of this who are uh, attempting to forge a path forward where there really is no path. And that's that's commendable, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Almost like as someone once said, yeah, it's kind of the um, we uh, <laughs> it's like we can't we can't rely on kind of doctrinaire uh, doctrinaire dogma from 100 years ago. We, really can, yeah. we kind of have to we might just have to uh, adjust our uh, organizing to our particular space and time and circumstances. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's contextual stuff. Yeah, right. It's basically Funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, uh, all organizing is still contextual and you have to meet people where they're at and what they're what they're looking for. Um, what I do think is is really exciting about what's happening right now is we're finally kind of having these discussions, and more importantly, we're, we're we're having these discussions and we're getting reactions that I think are the right ones. Like I think famously, people point to things like the EA spouse letter, which was a um, uh, 2008 letter, I believe. Uh, I know between that it, eight and twelve. I can't even I, remember well, because I, it came out around the time of Red Dead Redemption One, which I believe was 2008. Ten. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Point is, <laughs> well, in the, in the in, before the dark times, in the long, long ago. In the long, long ago, uh, there was a letter written from the spouse of an EA uh, programmer who uh, was being forced to work like mega crunch hours like not getting overtime uh on red dead redemption one which serendipitously serendipitously i think uh, people are talking about this now when red 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 dead redemption 2 came out somewhat recently and the um studio heads claimed that they worked quote 100 hour weeks on that game which is one of those things where you're like well (laughs) i want to see that let's see that bubble sheet time breakdown let's see that bubble sheet time breakdown also i think the the, the big question there right was well if, if the studio heads are saying this what are the people who don't have a choice to be there saying, yeah. you know? And that's that's where you get these. What I think is fascinating about this is we are finally getting those conversations. We're saying, okay, Hauser's Dan Dan Hauser is one of the the heads of Rockstar. Like, okay, Hauser's, what 
this isn't okay like this yeah. is not this is not a normal thing it shouldn't even be something that should be bragged about like yeah, yeah no one should no one should have to work 100 hours no one should have to work 100 hours it doesn't matter how freaking passionate you are can i cuss on this yes we require it <laughs> okay good people ask that all the time and like am i allowed to cuss like, yeah, can we, am i allowed to cuss? Okay, yeah you good. are good because i mean i i feel like i've 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 done a lot of interviews with folks who are involved in game labor organization um but uh, I usually don't get to talk about it unless it's in an article. Uh, and when I say I get to talk about it, I mean like my views on it and my views on it are fuck that shit. Like this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, a lot yeah. of the practices that are considered fairly commonplace. Um, Wait, so was it the, was that spouse letter from EA or from rockstar? Oh Jesus. Did I say, okay. EA spouse. Correct. Sorry. EA spouse was working on an EA project, right? <laughs> That's so, right. There was a Rockstar letter around the same time. That's oh, okay. why I think I'm mixing this up. There was a Rockstar letter around 2008. There was an EA Spouse. I think EA Spouse was even earlier. It was like 2004 or some yeah. shit. Um, well, it's almost like this is an industry-wide problem, and yeah. the, problem, and the uh, issues replicate themselves across the entire sector. I know. And I, I mean, for me, my like uh, sort of awakening moment to this was at GDC 26... 17, 17, mm-hmm. where the infamous roundtable uh, happened. If you if you were paying attention to games at that time, what happened was there was a roundtable hosted by Jen McLean, who is the um, CEO or president of the. Of the oh God, uh, was it the soft? Was it the uh, is the IGDA, which is, IGDA, yeah, yes. which is the uh, International Game Developers Association? Yes. Um, and the roundtable was called like I forget the exact name, but it was something like the pros and cons of unionization or something, and like a lot of people rightfully heard that and were like what why why are we why are we framing this as like an equal sides debate and a lot of that i was very angry at the time yeah um i still am fairly angry at that but i will say after the nearly unanimous pushback against that um like literally it was a round table so people packed that floor and they yelled about unions a lot in in a good way i mean like a lot of people came out to support um, unionization in the games industry, which for such a long time had just been considered, you can't do this. You yeah, know? Um, that's that my own thing of like I really need to read more. I really need to read more. <laughs> it's really, okay. Don't re- worry. <laughs> really need to read more about just the because um, I think over the last couple of years, my own. Uh, I myself am a tech professional mm-hmm. and looking at because of the cultural change of the 70s right. and how much capital P professionalism. Um, which I guess is kind of like a, its own form of like middle class respectability. Right. right. Um, once it started, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a you know as an after effect of the fact that you've now like you know <laughs> previous success is now raising up a lot of like working people to be in more of a professional mm-hmm. class. But it, it, it change it now change. Um, you know the middle class status came with middle class anxieties and neuroses, yes. and so you had. Um, and this happened. This happened in journalism too. Uh, at least, oh, very much. Uh, yes, at least yeah. in the, uh, Lewis Lapram talks about it. This happened in like the late fifties, early sixties, like right on the, the Kennedy era, where you now had instead of like where like journalists and the politics and the politicians they cover, they went from being just like you know gumshoe reporters who were blue collar you yep. know trade, and. Um, to all of a sudden they now became like high status white collar professionals yeah you you professionalize the trade and thus of course right you're 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 moving these people away from the conscious knowledge that they're doing labor and into this white collar professionalism yeah which which i think is really interesting when we look at games because games as as an industry right 
never had a blue collar phase basically like i mean you could argue maybe i would say like the early 80s and 90s you had this idea of this like homegrown hacker type but even at that time it was growing out of tech yeah it was it was yeah it was a bunch of it was a yeah it wasn't like uh usually like you know rich dropout kids Mm -hmm. or yeah or like folks you know everybody you know everybody they still all had professional degrees well yeah and i think that's that's the interesting like if you one of my favorite and not 100% 100% without fault uh, books about games is Masters of Doom which is the book about the creation of Doom uh, where they, they would pro- program all day and then go water skiing at night exactly where they I mean I think correctly I mean they have this idea of like this punk rock game development uh, moti- or, uh, uh, pathos of the time because in many ways they were they were obviously creating a game that was kind of unlike a lot of things that had been seen before but we're still talking about young professionals we're talking about people who come from uh, fortunate enough backgrounds that a lot of this work is not going to ruin them if they don't make money type of jobs right now and that's kind of the bedrock of games which leads us to some really weird places now because i would say perhaps paradoxically i don't know how this compares to other industries but when i when i think about games today like the the space of all game development today i would say it's a lot more poorer and queerer and more diverse in terms of uh, creators because game creation has become a lot more democratized. It's a lot easier to make games today. Right. And that comes because of, you know, tech advancements. Now, if more people have personal computers, it's easier for them to download free game making tools to mm-hmm. make a game. So we have this weird backwards thing going on that is also increasing a stratification because we then we have now we have these like we have like what we call what we called a couple years ago indie devs who have like a small studio and maybe make I don't know 10,000 20,000 dollars a game. Right. And then you have people below those indies who are probably not making money off their games right and then you have people like a couple steps above that and a couple steps above that and you have this like increased stratification to the point where you get to like the ceos of activision or whatever who are making a bajillion dollars every year oh yeah in the same field as people who are making no money working on like a a a tiny game about being queer or something right um and it's yeah it's kind of a thing where the i think other people have pointed out like the the blockbuster the Hollywood blockbuster effect yes. that happened that um, that is um, yeah where they only you know they will only fund much like you know you only fund well known franchises yep um, the same thing that happened in games where it's like you know the mid tier mid budget you, yeah. thing the, you, you know the twenty dollar the twenty dollar game is not a <laughs> yeah the twenty and thirty dollar game isn't really a thing anymore it's 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 weird how that's happened uh, partially because I think there's a uh, increased stratification like an increased polarization of, of game development uh, where you kind of have you know the middle is falling out um, and I, that leads us to some weird places what it mostly leads us to I'm hearing that too uh, what that mostly leads us to I found is that these mega mega big studios who are making you know blockbuster games uh, your, your calls of duties or your maddens or whatever um, have a lot of employees who are making a lot less money than the folks at the top in a way, this has created a much better environment for union organization than I would say it happened before. Uh, before meaning when we were a bunch of young professionals who all had decent amounts of money. Um, now you have this idea of being a kind of grunt laborer in a in a mega in a mega big studio. Yeah, the idea of like effectively you now have almost like forcefully reintroduce you know reintroduce the ideal of of, uh, of, of the proletariat, the, the class stuff. Yes, yeah, the yeah. proletization. Mm-hmm, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel like 
in many ways that's fortuitous because it means that uh, the the increased verticalism of these companies uh, and the increased stratification means that it's easier to recognize who is your comrade and who is your boss yes um, lines of power and you know, lines of lack of right it. but the other weird part of this is i mean like i could talk about this for days but but a lot of this is just that these studios are not built to facilitate organization a lot of the times they have a lot of horizontalism within their internal structures so you might not know who your boss is you might not really be able to pinpoint is my manager my boss but my manager doesn't have hiring or firing power my manager is just my manager and they make the same way me is that person my boss is the person above them my boss you know like our, our department heads bosses I'm not saying that any of this I'm not saying any of this to like dissuade organization but this is why I think anecdotally it feels very hard to draw easy lines when we're talking about game unionization yeah um, it makes it yeah it's it's no longer just like a shop floor thing it's exactly. kind of the um there are different levels of, of work and labor and creativity that goes into these jobs. Someone who has a great deal of power over, say, the art direction of a game might not have any real power in kind of a corporate structure. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it's this very strange uh, industry right. <laughs> in that way. <laughs> On that note, let's, let's take a quick break and pause. Okay. Are we back? All right. And we're back. Okay. All right. Um, what the hell? What we're actually, <laughs> what we're, we're, talking? Talking, we're talking about Ketsy casualization, how complex right. these gaming things are, and trying to figure out how do you... It's almost like they, uh, folks have to do their, their own kind of... Not necessarily pod mapping, but I guess like workplace mapping. I think it's very similar to that. Uh, yeah, if I were if I were to look at this as the way we look at shit in like the DSA or whatever, I would call this it's a method of trying to figure out power mapping. Yes, uh, and that's going to be very different from studio to studio. I I am um, I actually did an interview or I did an article a while back um, specifically looking at the idea of unionization in small studios, which is this other thing that is hard to define because what would that even look like you you really can't do a company-wide union in a studio with like six people right you probably could do a trade uh, association union for example like where it's like yeah you're the artist you have an artist union and mm -hmm. you're being hired by the small studio to do an artist union thing I have um, I did an interview or I did an article for uh, waypoint now vice games about this specifically talking to both labor organizers and games folks um, and my personal feelings on this are that I think this is why a um, trade focused uh, unions would might be more more better or perhaps more flexible for games. I was to say which which approach can scale because I think scale is a thing of uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the question, right? Because okay, so for example, let's say hypothetically we establish like a game artists union. Um, and now if you join that union, like companies got to play fair with the union rules. This is effectively how it works in Hollywood for film stuff. Um, which is partially, I think, why this is such a common approach, because it, we know it at least works mostly in one situation. Um, that gives a lot of power to folks who are freelancers, who are hopping between jobs, because they know that they'll have a certain amount of security, mm -hmm. um, uh, no matter what job they're running, which is very useful. Where I think it's less useful is in large studios, where... I personally feel like a company-wide union would make more sense because of things that I was talking about earlier where it's like maybe your artist is part of a union, 
but it's quite possible that artists might end up managing someone who's not part of a union, which feels kind of weird. I, these are also just questions that I don't really have answers for, and I don't know if anyone does. I think yeah. one of one of the most important things here is just listening to people where they're at and what they need and trying to figure out, like, well, what sort of organization, labor organization work can help you at, at this stage doing what you want, you know? How would you, it's like, how do you turn, like, turn off that part of your head that just wants to, like, it's like I know the answer, but it's right. like I have to, like, right. coax it along, and that's been the hardest thing. And, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. A, yeah, I'm a better, I'm a, I think I'm better at, like, doing this shit or like political education and kind of like like one-on-one -on -one like organizing talk because i think it's i don't know maybe it's an add thing but just kind of in the sit, sit there and it's kind of like you're almost there but it's like i can help you along you know i'm good at answers i mean i feel like that's definitely hard and there's no easy way around that like that's the material work of a lot of organizing is just talking to people uh this is a thing that i've talked with other with dsa folks and i've talked with with games folks is like 90% of your work is just going to be figuring out how best to create a, Emma brought this up in her talk today, but this idea of a culture of care with mm -hmm. labor organization, which I, I very much vibe with. I like that idea because that, that is ultimately it. Like we can talk about how these are about big wins, like say like better workplace pay or, or better or like no crunch or things like that. And union uh, labor organization is of course about those things, but it's also about like, feeling like your practical needs are being met either by the company or by the union or by your fellow workers or whatever. And I think that's, that's something that can really only be done by just communicating and having, having lines of communication and being able to feeling like you can be heard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the hard way, yeah. the hard way. And, and that's, and that's, that's something that will inherently be different from workplace to workplace. There's no way around that. Um, uh, it doesn't, all the best wisdom in the world is not going to get you the exact same results in every situation. Um, which, which is where it's, it's the weird new frontier that we're in, you know, with, with this, with, uh, with the issue of game labor organization, um, things that might work really well at once to you might not work at another one. And the, another part of this that is just like the unforeseen wrinkles is like, we don't know things about like, like genuinely abusive bosses or genuinely abusive work situations, which is something that I think has been at the forefront of a lot of people's minds recently, especially in games. Um, and that's, these are things that I think need to be carefully thought about and responded to, uh, in any sort of situation where we're talking about labor organization. Um, but because it's my chosen field, I think about this a lot in relation to games where we do have often very blurry lines about who's a boss and who's not, um, which makes traditional, I think, approaches to unionization tend to not work, which is, again, why I, I tend to look at the, the, the Hollywood union model as a better example because it's closer uh, to games in terms of how it's, it's about how creatives big air quotes are capital, are, C. capital C creatives big air quotes are being used in labor situations um, uh, yeah <laughs> I, I got a lot of thoughts about that <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah that's kind of be the thing because it's effective at least with at least with the Hollywood model you have another I mean other models it's mm -hmm. um, um, like say for example teachers mm -hmm. where which, which very much had a yes. thing of like when they were like teachers unions when they became a thing in the in the 60s and 70s but it was a thing it was again it was kind of the at some point imparting the idea to folks that like who you know yeah you you're, you're well trained and you're a professional again that it's kind of it's the professionalization yes, which yeah. is again it was it's 
which I don't. I think I, don't, I really need to have an entire episode about this. I've just talked about how <laughs> it's a complicated just, topic. Well, yes. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, because it's like, it, like you are now thinking in terms of not just changing your workplace conditions because you're going to be there for the next twenty years. It's like you're now thinking in terms of yourself yourself as kind of like this atomized agent. Yes. Um, in a career track yes. and if things suck now well you can just kind of like stick it out yeah stick it out or work <laughs> harder or apply or transfer or yada 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 well this is definitely something that i think is applicable to the field of games because i think a lot of what i consider like uh labor education in games is simply kind of imparting the idea to people that like hey you're a worker who is part of a class of people who are workers. And if you start thinking about things like that, then you can reject that sort of atomization, or at least like theoretically, that's the goal of this sort of education work. Right, yeah, just basic, just the, the beginnings of basic class consciousness. Ex exactly, exactly. And I mean, like when we're talking about these weird hyper-professional fields like games or tech, then that is a big part of the battle, you know, is <laughs> just getting people to realize like, oh, I am not... I am not a, a, a completely separate island of this. I yeah. am a I'm an extension of a workforce uh, of a class of people who are being uh, who have relationships with 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 um, what I guess what we call capitalists um, in order to produce product. Right. Um, and I, from there, of course, you can build on like more grander or more uh, complex ideas of class consciousness consciousness, which is good <laughs> yeah that's one of the things of i think we needs to be a topic that um i think it's talked about more and more just spreads out is but of how do you piercing that piercing that not like veil i guess i can't my I can't yeah. Think of the right yeah like, you've piece piercing that ideological bubble right that uh, the you know Amer modern American, fuck, modern culture, you know, uh, global culture, because I mean, it's not just American, kind of um, drowns everybody in. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, I think. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I'm say, folks, I'm saying we need to red pill more people about how things <laughs> really are out here in the I real mean, world. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that is part of it, I think. Well, for me, I'm, I'm more these days, not more these days, I guess, but like a thing that has been piquing my interest a lot is not just unionization work because, yeah, great, awesome, love it, uh, but also creating uh, like co-ops, like syndicalist work. Yes. Um, and that's something that... Uh, when I think about like a truly like utopian sustainable games industry, I think a lot about how we're going to need a fuckload more co-ops. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think that about every industry, but you know, again, games is my industry, so I like it a lot and I think about it that way. Well, I think, well, <laughs> well also I think the thing about games is that you can, because uh, you are making a cultural product mm -hmm. and you can do so on a three, four, five, six, 12 person team. Yeah. Small, small teams. Yeah. Yes. I think the, um, I think the 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 co well, unfortunately motion twin what are they? motion twin yeah but how how well the, the kicker is like they're also French so it's yes, a lot, it's, so it's kind of the laws there it's uh, motion twin yeah the folks who made uh, Dead Cells last year who are famously an anarcho syndicalist game dev cooperative which is fucking kick ass yeah their logo was like a red star <laughs> or is it cool. a red star or a red and it's, black star it, I think it's a I think it's just a red star but I might be wrong uh, but yes they're they are a really good example, but I, uh, so last GDC, uh, GDC 2019, I, um, they were part or a representative of motion twin was part of a panel about cooperatives and games. Um, there were like three or four other folks on the panel, uh, Scott Benson, who is now part of, uh, glory hand society, uh, formerly worked on night in the woods. Um, he, he is, he and a couple other folks started a cooperative, um, called the glory hand society. 
Uh, Motion Twin was there. I think two other studios were there who were either cooperatives or um, like flat struck flat pay rate structure um, mm-hmm. uh, companies. And two of them, I believe one was from the UK and then Motion Twin, who are from France, are non-American. So the ways that they cooperative law is different obviously oh yeah um and unfortunately as you might expect in america it sucks uh it's not it's not impossible definitely doable but it's uh it's way better in other countries to, to yeah be cooperative <laughs> well that's the thing i think well i also wrap it up motion twin just because i think they're i think part of it is just their primary language is french so i think everything yes. is gonna everything around that is gonna be it has to go through the uh because we're americans we mm-hmm. who and why learn another language yeah um <laughs> so it's it's i think there's just that there's a there's the mind the, i don't know uh quotidian problem of just the, the language barrier yes but, yeah, I mean, what I will say is they have plenty of people who are willing to talk in English. I know that much. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, but, then that solves that. Yeah, but I but I do think, um, yeah, I, when I think of, yeah, like the utopian future of games dev, we're going to end up with a lot of uh, studios who are probably co- cooperatives. Uh, I... I, I also ended up talking to Scott Benson uh, at GDC for another piece for Waypoint, um, specifically about cooperatives and and what that looks like and i think one of the one of the truest things that he said uh when i was talking to him was the idea that like well cooperatives aren't going to solve like bad contracting issues yeah that's still on the people who run the co-op to not be shitty but they will fix other problems yeah um, it won't solve all issues it'll solve it'll solve some issues yes uh and a lot of issues are still just going to come down to are people shitty or not <laughs> and but but even so i think again games is a games is a field with a lot of contractors and uh it verges on i think some of the same problems that we see in the gig working ep- economy yep um i think it's no surprise that games workers unite uk uh, officially unionized with the ILWU, um, which is a union that also, I believe, represents gig, gig workers and gig economy uh, laborers in the UK. Uh, and they also do, and they also uh, represent Powell's Books here. Oh, really? I yeah, did not ILWU know ILWU Local 5. If you go to their wow, website, I did not know go, that. go to ILWU Local 5.com. Go to where it <laughs> says support us or something. There is a link there. If you go to that link and you click on it, uh, you can it's a uh, kind of like a it's almost like if you remember like how Amazon partners work oh, you click on yeah. the link through uh, there's it'll take you to Powell's but but it'll it, kick them some money yeah it kicks it's a uh, I think awesome. it's like 7.5 percent of your purchase goes to their strike fund good which for them is, which is badass it's one of those things that needs to, like every, they, they need to fucking foreground everywhere so <laughs> that's really cool I did not know that existed that's really Neither did I. Yeah. I I don't remember I some ran either like some random random like discord conversation mm-hmm. or i just saw it posted somewhere up. yeah and like wait this is this, this is awesome why the hell doesn't everybody uh know this stuff that's that's really cool i did not know that yeah i think um i think there i think there are a lot of similarities in the uh the field of games in any sort of field that has heavy contract work um and there are a lot of similar problems like um i know one of the big things that a lot of again like anecdotally i've always heard stories of like I worked as a contractor for like a year doing like 30 hours a week and it's like, okay, there are no, I believe there are no laws against doing that, but also that's, that tends to be in situations where it's a company that's trying to save money by not having a full-time person. Yep. That's not always the case. And this is, this is why, this is why it's like the utopian future of games will probably still have contractors because there are still going to be situations where it's like, I'm an illustrator. I don't want to work 
at a company, I would like to do multiple projects. So you're going to end up contracting. Yeah. Um, Trades people. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. We need, we need someone to, we, yeah, even then, uh, we will still, yeah, you need someone to uh, install, you know, install a bathroom or mm -hmm. in certain cases, install a virtual bathroom. Yes. Um, and so how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, yeah, I think about this a, a while back. I went to the um, Portland DSA summer school. Uh, it was like a couple years ago. Um, uh, yeah, summer of last year, I uh, I I was there, and oh, yeah. um, my little recorder actually was able to record most of the talks. Oh, that's really cool, awesome. Um, I remember one of the talks that I saw there was about the idea of um, housing justice and housing solidarity, and one of the things that the speaker talked about was the idea that like if we look toward like a utopian housing future, what does that look like? And one of the things that she brought up was that you'll probably still have renters, but the way that the way that those relationships have to be reformed is pretty crucial because like when i say you'll probably still have renters what i mean is there are probably people who don't want to live in one place for the rest of their life right you know they're going to want to move around and they'll probably want to have uh what we would consider quote unstable housing uh even but but it's totally voluntary it's like yeah i want to live in new york for a year I, but right. maybe i don't want to live there for the rest of my life or just a matter or just it's like you'll probably maybe we'll still have student ghettos yeah right. but it won't be as uh you know the profit motive to keeping them rat infested will not be as sharp exactly and that's that's what i think is that's something that i think about a lot when i talk when i talk about this idea of like a utopian games future and again, the reason why I bring that up a lot is because I think it's really important to start from there and then say, all right, so if we, if me, Dante, generally thinks that the future of games should look like this, what are the steps to get there? Um, and yeah, even in my utopian games future, I feel like, yeah, it's probably likely we'll still have contractors because you'll still, it's just a, it's a good system to get labor yeah. from uh, as long as you're treating your people fairly right right or or whatever 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 institution or processor structure that we will have set up to handle these things there's no you know it's kind of it's kind of sort of like how uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, like a tv studio in in southern california in 1989 yes. couldn't really cast into the 24th century that easily because there's you're stuck in you know you're you're casting out from your particular position exactly exactly and and that's that's whatever that's normal that's, that's, yeah. well, that's <laughs> I, I can't see the future believe it or not <laughs> well that's the thing yeah well it's the same thing of like this why even like next like even like uh like uh like uh, star trek tng right is, is trying go. to trying to illustrate a post-scarcity mm -hmm. post-patriarchal uh gender equity future future yeah. but even then was made by a bunch of I don't want to say fucking boomers, but, <laughs> but yeah. a bunch of people who a bunch of like uh, uh, rich, main, mainly white dudes mm -hmm. in Southern California in 1988, 89. Yep. And so it's at one point again, you know, we don't we we do not make our own future from circumstances of our own of our own choosing. Yeah. And we have a limited viewpoint, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that <laughs> I feel like we're like strayed so far from games, but also this is how I think about video games a lot. Yeah. Because when I think about video games, I think of them as, OK, look. I, I like video games subjectively. I enjoy them. I think they're good. Uh, and but what the but the thing about games to me is that like okay, look, if we're treating this as an art form, as a culturally important or just fucking species important type of art, right? Then we have to start thinking about it as something that needs to be nurtured and cared for and respected uh, on the level of any other art form. And what that means is, of course, the same things that I would say for any human being. We need stability. We need um, we need the people working in it to be paid fairly. We need the uh, the unions and labor organizations or whatever 
to be uh, to be ran in efficient ways that are getting their 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 goals done. Um, again, I consider myself broadly a syndicalist. I don't know where the fuck I land on any fucking political. Uh, co- well, there are there are there are many there oh, are many there are, there are many web tests <laughs> like uh, MySpace era, yeah, MySpace uh, era like the, the, the Live Journal era oh, uh, uh, quizzes that you uh-huh. can take to find out where they are. To oh point God! Where, and uh, <laughs> you, uh, there was one that was quite viral within the last week that a lot of people were pointing out. It's like, hey, wait a minute, this you know this shit's dialectical. It's not a spectrum. Yeah. You can't do you know right, right? You can't do this stuff. You really can't. But yeah, I would put myself vaguely somewhere on the anarcho syndicalist zone. Of, of politics and what that the way that i feel that is that like unions are great and they're the first step and the final step is co-ops yeah. <laughs> you know um and that's but but all that really means is like having uh all, all we're really trying to do is make art and get paid right or make art not even get paid make art and be stable <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know? make that's like that's the uh, that was like Scott Benson's thing. Right, know, a, make art, make, make, make rent, make, make art, make rent. Uh, make sure your friends do the same. Right, is that yeah? It? yeah. Help yeah. others to do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I that is a that's a powerful statement that I that I very much agree with. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the 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 mechanics of getting there, the specifics of getting there are going to be a lot muddier than this like you know beautiful future that I'm envisioning. Um, which is why I think I look at groups like Game Workers Unite as so desperately needed by this industry. And thank God for literally anyone who's throwing their time into those efforts. Because wowie zowie, we do need that. <laughs> the, well said. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm eloquent these days. First thing about, you know, being a good worker is knowing when you're working too much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> One thing, yeah, and one thing I learned at the uh, DSA National Convention is that, you know, as a culture, we've talked about self-care for at least three years now, and no one knows how to fucking do it. No one knows how to fucking do it. It's a big, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, I have many, many thoughts about self-care, and most of them are like, yeah, it's, it's a great idea. It's also a very easy way to slip into, like, neoliberalism around healthcare. And when I say healthcare, I mean, like, the holistic notion of, like, health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, knowing when you're tired and stuff. Um that said, yeah, fucking do your self care. <laughs> yeah, um, no matter. Yeah, it's usually it, it, most universal statements uh, can't really apply, but it's from a lot of for the vast majority of people, it's kind of a thing where you, no matter who you are, where you are, you probably do not have enough sleep. You probably do not have enough water. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, and I think um, I, I, to to bridge this back towards games, partially, I think uh, yeah, this is why we always talk about crunch, right? Yep. <laughs> it's why like it's why it is absolutely absurd whenever i talk to someone who's in like another field and i mention like oh yeah did you know like a big problem in games is people just work far too much and don't get paid overtime for it like and they're like what the hell (laughs) and i think a lot of that right is because games has this allure of being a passion industry yeah where it's like you're, but you know, you're 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 the to- you you work in the toy factory. The exactly. games are toys. These are. Aren't you happy to work in the toy factory? Yeah. Um, shouldn't you not complain? <laughs> God, it was, it was like cutting the uh, cutting the segment of uh, of Bart talking to these the stagehand at the at Krusty Land Studios. Yeah. Wow, being in show business is like a dream. We're really lucky, aren't we? I wish I was dead. Don't listen to him, kid. This is a dream factory, the birthplace of magic and enchantment. Now I need you to go clean out my toilet. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that's that's uh, that's 
unfortunately, I think that's been a large barrier to game, uh, like looking at game labor period is, I mean, that's always been the excuse is like, well, we don't need to talk about this because these people are having the time of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> nice little term. You'd call it ideological mystification. Yes. Yeah. It makes it, it makes it very hard to, again, see yourself as a worker and thus see your struggles as valid, honestly. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's, it's a, I, I think it's led to a very interesting and shitty phenomenon, which is you'll find people who burn out on the industry a lot because they simply, I, I don't mean to blame this on them. It's I'm blaming this on like shitty work environments and shitty bosses and shitty organization, but they won't receive any things they need and they'll just be like, wow, I guess this sucks. Like, is this how this industry is that fucking blows and not really get corrected because there are very few people to correct them, unfortunately. Yeah, the, like, the feedback control isn't there. The feedback, yeah, exactly. So you end up with a lot of people who get pushed out of this industry because they simply are not receiving what I would call adequate worker care, you know? Um, and that can come in the form of many things. That can be like adequate working hours or good pay or not being sexually harassed. Like there are... Yeah, the minor things. Yeah, you know, the minor things. And like all of this stuff contributes to this bizarre like double think of like we're the best industry in the world and also we'll never talk about our issues, uh, which is you know understandably extremely frustrating kind of like um, capitalism yeah kind of like capitalism. the greatest system in the world yet we will not we will not dare broach any criticism of it <laughs> yeah and, and i think that's that's a big problem with the uh with with games in general which is again why like all of this comes back to the round of like wow i'm happy we're talking about this now and i'm happy that it seems to be a thing that we're not shutting up about um uh and uh, yeah i'm tremendously grateful for anyone who's working with with gw um yeah, uh, yeah, crunch stuff like that. It, bad bosses, uh, bad working environments. Uh, I believe very strongly in video games, and I believe uh, for what it's worth, I guess, in video games as an industry, but that does not, I, I think that makes it more important, if anything, to talk about the, the shitty things in it and to, and to recognize them and call them out and have these discussions about them. Yep. All right. Well, we've been going for quite a while. Is there anything, we, anything else you, that you would want to that you want to cover today? Uh, man, I feel like I've hit all the bases on this one, so not particularly. I guess. Okay, cool. Nothing, nothing else comes to mind. Um, well, the um, I guess the usual wrap up is: um, you have anything to plug or how can folks get a hold of you or uh, check out your stuff? Uh, yeah, um, my name's Dante. Like I said, I am on Twitter as Video Dante. I'm almost everywhere that I have a username. It'll be Video Dante. V i d e o d a n t e. Um, if you want to read my writing, you can find it on my personal website, uh, Dante.cool. That's HTTP colon awesome. slash slash Dante.cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if, if you heard me talk about an article I wrote, I have them. They're all on my site. You can find them probably. Um, I would also say, uh, support creators you love that I, I say this on everything, but if you see a thing or you are consuming a thing that you like and it's by an independent creator, throw them some fucking money. <laughs> I'm saying this in a general sense because I have nothing particular to bring up, but in a general sense, throw them some fucking money. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It's a good, uh, good general uh, working order, I guess. <laughs> All right, well, excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, this was, this has been great and it's kind of hopefully can uh, do some more of these. Um, any, uh, any final words? Uh, 
gamers rise up. Awesome. <laughs> is, that, is that the normal thing now? <laughs> sure. Oh shit! I just thought. Um, yeah. What have you seen? Uh, what video game or otherwise have you seen here at the festival oh. that really just kind of like whopped you over your head? Yeah, let's just talk like about some you. fun things for yeah. a minute. Um, wow. Uh, I will say at the there's an XOXO arcade going on that has a few like uh, you know handpicked games. Uh, I will say my collusion pick is um, Gatto Roboto is a game made by some friends of mine. It's very fun and I very much enjoy it. It's a little Metroidvania where you play as a cat. Um, uh, I will also say as far as other things that are really cool here, um, get in the car loser, which is the newest game from Christine love is, is fascinating and very interesting. And it's a very interesting, like twist on JRPG stuff. Um, uh, man, uh, that, that one's good. <laughs> That's yeah, a good one. <laughs> there's, there's one called Calico. Calico looks adorable, which is, I believe it is a kind of like, uh, the whole point is you're, you're a, uh, a pair of women who build and run their own cat cafe. Right. And it's like fantastical. Like there's these giant cats and you can ride them and you can carry them around. It, it looks absolutely charming. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess those are. Those are some cool games. Those yeah, are cool games. That's great. So there, positive ending. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, without anything else, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, cool.